planting a new church is the most effective form of evangelism. All right, if you don't believe me, go read all the books because I've read them. And it's the one thing that uh, missiologists, missionologists, missiologists, I can't pronounce that word, people who study those things, <laughs> they all agree. And um, and so it's part of uh, of who we are as a church, and and we're 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 benefiting from the fruit of sending out some of our best uh, five years ago, and they they journeyed down on their own. Scott and Stephanie originally by themselves. Six months later, the uh, the Borsmans went, and over time, a few other families have moved down there, and people from all over the country have have moved uh, some from other the country to join with the team down there. And now there's a thriving church in uh, just outside of Charleston, in the Somerville, uh, Knightsville area. So have your lives been changed by that? That, that by new day, yeah, yeah. So, so this is the fruit of of us, you know, as a church being willing to to support, to send and support the Jones and 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 then to see everything that God's done in and through them, and and now we get to reap that, and and then we're doing it again in Vandalia right now and and what excites me the most see i know some of these folks a couple of them are new i'm just getting to know a couple of them but a couple of them i've known now for a few years and and we have relationship and so what excites me about vandalia is that guess what there's like a whole bunch of new people that we're gonna we're gonna have relationship with i'm gonna see their lives transformed as they get brought into the kingdom and and released into their gifts and it's all part of the vision and so as a church it's just like having kids you know it's like wow you have a kid and then it's like it's like wow they like to do this and and this one likes to do that you know and (laughs) this one's really good at that and and it just brings joy and part, part of the vision is that that for each and every, you may never be sent out to start a church. You know, that's very few people are. And if you're not, you can, you know, thank God. <laughs> but, but you're part of the team. You're part of the sending church. And, and, uh, and there's a reward. So the vision is really to, to see each and every believer develop to their fullest potential in Christ. That's how it's worded. Because you all have potential. To change, uh, change not only your own life and lives of those people that you have direct influence, but you all are world changers. You can influence our community, our society, and the world if you just believe it and live what God's called you to live. Okay, I'm preaching. I'm not supposed to. <laughs> we have Mary Hess is going to minister, so come on up, Mary. Yeah, all right. Woo! So I'm just join with me in a word of prayer. Father, thank you so much for uh, sending Mary to minister the word. We just uh, ask your anointing upon her as uh, she just delivers what she's received from the Lord and uh, that there would be grace uh, on her to do so. And Lord, give us grace, Lord, to hear and to receive. Let your anointing rest on her as well as us, that our hearts, our minds, our spirits would be open to your powerful word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Good morning. So I'm going to try to say as many southern words as I possibly can. I've already had several people, y'all, that sort of thing. So in the course of the sermon, I'm sure I will probably sound very southern. You're welcome. I just wanted to take a minute. Cameron kind of 
stole my thunder a little bit. I, was, I had this big, long thing prepared that I wanted to say about thanking you guys. You know, I was here four years ago, uh, a very different person. Uh, a few of us came up for a ladies' retreat. Um, I think it was the first time Stephanie had been back since they had left to plant the church. And you guys had asked her to come back and speak. So she drug about 12 of us up here with her. Most of them came very freely, but I kicked and screamed the entire time. (laughs) I was brand new to New Day. Um, Brand new to the culture. Brand new to grace and the Father's heart. And all those things that really mess with you when you live a very legalistic lifestyle. When... It's easier to go by the rules than it is to rely on relationship with God. And so I came up here and all I could do all weekend long was just cry. And that made me mad because crying was a weakness. You didn't do that, right? And um, so I just didn't understand what God was doing. And I was very afraid. And I remember standing on this stage and giving testimony about how I was completely out of my comfort zone here. But I knew God was in it. You know, and that's the that's the glue that holds you to a place when inside of you you're like, oh. But I just want to take a moment and just say from somebody, and there's several of us, there's a lot of us here who could say that. There's a lot of people back home um, who are in the middle of intersection right now <laughs> in between their two services who could say the same thing, that if you guys hadn't been so willing <laughs> to let Scott and Stephanie come that way, I wouldn't be standing here today. You know? And I wouldn't know what real relationship with the Father is like. Hopefully somebody would have come along who would have taught me. But not in such a safe... um, Not safe. A good way. It's not safe, right? He's always good. (laughs) That's what they said in the, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, right? Yeah. Anyway, so I just want to say from us, thank you so much for, you know, it couldn't have been easy. We recognize when someone is so entrenched in a body to just go away, you know, and others follow. I'm sure it was very hard for you guys. Oh, thank you. I'm sure it was very hard. And so I just want to say from all of us at New Day, South Carolina, and all of the people that will continue to come, and all of the people that we're starting to touch in other cities, even there, and looking at possible church plants already, and that sort of thing, that thank you, thank you, thank you so much for for doing that, for pouring into them, for supporting them, for just being there. Thank you. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. And uh, we look forward to you guys coming down and visiting us someday. Yeah? Send a team down or just, hey, come down and hang out. We have a beach. It's really cool. And it stays a lot warmer. And a lot greener year-round. Although I do envy the color here. Okay, so this morning, I'm watching the clock. I promise, Pastor, I'm watching the clock. Okay. This morning, I wanted to talk to you about what it's like to press into the prophetic, even though you've already been prophesying for a while. I'm sure all of us are at different places in prophesying. And listen, guys, uh, just in case you don't know, not everybody knows that everybody can prophesy. <laughs> so it's a, it's a new concept to a lot of people when they come into this culture. It was for me, because prophesying was something that the prophet did not everyone else um and and so sometimes it can feel intimidating has anyone ever uh, went to prophesy and been like um 
not sure if I'm hearing correctly or this feels a little weird or, okay, I'm getting nothing, that kind of feeling, you know. So sometimes it can feel a little intimidating. But thankfully, we live in a culture where it's encouraged, it's accepted, it's pushed, right? And what I love about the prophetic is that, and most of the team has taught on all of this this week, is that when we're prophesying, we're sharing the heart of the Father. We're sharing His love. We are telling other people what the Father is saying. And, you know, Jesus said in John five nineteen, The Son can do nothing, right, by Himself. He can only do what He sees the Father doing. Because what the Father does... So the Son also does. So Jesus set a real good example for us that the Father speaks, Jesus listened, then Jesus said what the Father said, or he did what the Father did. So I just want to share some thoughts with you today on pressing into the prophetic more than you're currently pressing in. So I don't know I don't know if it's a common thought or if it's just a thought that nobody thinks about or what, but we never fully arrive in our callings and our giftings. There's always more. There's always another level to go to. There's always another stretching that can occur in everything. Um, And so it's not just, okay, I've been prophesying for 10 years now, and I do it on Sunday morning, and we get a little, you know, do a five-minute word. It's great, and we encourage. But God really wants us to press in to another level and another place in all of our giftings. Right? That he wants to give us more. It is his pleasure to keep pouring and keep pouring and keep pouring and keep pouring. We have to keep receiving and keep receiving and stretching. And stretching isn't always comfortable. Right? You know, you have to stretch before you exercise. You have to stretch before you run. You have to stretch to do things sometimes that it isn't always comfortable. I found a scripture in Job 17 and 9 that says this. The righteous keep moving forward and those with clean hands become stronger and stronger. And so the Lord wants us to press in and to move forward. Jabez even said, Lord, enlarge my territory. Stretch me. Give me more. I want more, right? And so we all can always say, I want more. I want more. Um, And if we are faithful with the, the little he's given us in that moment, if we're faithful with that and we press into it and we keep saying, this is what God has given me, this is what I'm hearing the Father say, this is what the Father wants me to do, then we will find ourselves being given more. And then we say a little more the next time. We do a little more the next time. And the more faithful we are in that level, then the Lord again gives us more. But He always, always wants to give us more. Always. It never stops. Y'all, it never stops. I said, y'all. It never stops. Isn't that great? I mean, He doesn't run out. It's not like He's like, okay, this is your last one right here. Good luck. You know, have fun with that. He doesn't do that. Um, I love the scripture. Um, Cameron opened the conference with it. And I actually had it in my notes. Follow the way of love. You should also want the gifts of the Holy Spirit that the Holy Spirit gives. Most of all, you should want the gift of prophecy. I love how he says in that very first section, follow the way of love. And what he is saying is, is, You have to have the Father heart. You have to have the love of God in order to prophesy. 
Because if you don't prophesy from that place of love, then what you're saying can be a sounding brass or as a tinkling cymbal. And it just falls to the ground, right? But we follow the way of love. We hear what the Father says and then we say what he is, what he is saying. Um, and we practice. And that's a new word for me in this culture. We don't practice anything spiritual where I came from. <laughs> we didn't even use the word practice. It didn't exist. We didn't practice hearing God. We didn't practice prophesying. We didn't practice anything. It was you prayed to be zapped. If you got zapped, great. And if you didn't, well, there's probably something wrong with you that you needed to work on. Right? So I love that in this culture we practice hearing the voice of God. We practice prophesying, which means that when God is ready to stretch you to the next level, you're going to have to practice. You're not just going to wake up one morning and be prophesying 20 minutes straight nonstop if all you've been doing prior is prophesying two. Right? And so we have to practice that. You know, I play the piano by ear. I've, not, I've never taken a lesson. And I remember when I was five, my mom bought me a piano. And I think she thought she was going to give me lessons. And I sat down one day. I, I never will forget this. And I started hitting the notes. And I heard some nursery rhyme or something. I don't remember what it was. But I started picking it out. I could hear it. So I started picking it out. And then from that point forward until I was probably... 30. I would spend hours a week, sometimes a day, doing nothing but practicing that piano. And when I was five, I played like a five-year-old, right? I played simple little melodic lines that I could hear that were easy for me, that pushed me, but not quite the whole way. When I was 10, I could play a song, and you might could sing along with me. And actually almost recognize it, you know. But I would sit and I would watch what other piano players would do at my church. Every Sunday, I would stand behind the piano player if my dad would let me. Sometimes he wouldn't, but if he let me. I would stand behind the piano player and I would watch her roll her fingers down those keys or change a chord or how she would start and stop a song. And then I would rush home to try to do the very same thing. Because I wanted what she had. Right? I wanted to do what she did. And so, that's how I learned to play the piano. And a lot of it was trial and error. And God bless those people in church those first few years that I played the piano. You know? You think you're doing a really great job. You know, I'm like, woo, I'm 10 and I'm playing the piano for song service on Sunday. And I probably sound amazing. And I'm sure I didn't. But they were gracious and they allowed me to practice. It was a safe place for me to make mistakes. I knew they weren't going to judge my future piano playing abilities by how I played that moment. Right? And so, in this environment, we have been given the ability to practice the giftings that God has given us. And sometimes we're not going to get it right. So when you've been doing it this way for so long and God stretches you to the next place, you might mess up again like you did in the beginning, you know. But it's still a safe place for you to practice. And so you practice and you practice and you practice, right? Um, the age-old famous prophetic scripture. Carrie actually sang dry bones during the service and I was like, oh. 
But in Ezekiel, I want you just to listen to a snippet of this passage. And, and then I want you to imagine something with me. The hand of the Lord was on me. And he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. Okay, so Ezekiel is now looking at a valley of dry bones. Just bones laying there. He led me back and forth among them. And I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley. Bones that were very dry. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. Now, you know, I have quite the imagination, so just bear with me. I'm going to imagine a little here. The Bible doesn't always give us emotion and doesn't always give us backstories. But if that were me, and even in an open vision, I'm seeing a valley of dry bones, and God says to me, can they live? This is probably how I feel like Ezekiel probably responded in that moment. (laughs) I don't know, God, you know. Like, those are a lot of bones. They're dead. They are laying there all scattered and messed up. And you're asking me if they can live. But in my brain, that's how I would have thought. Now, maybe Ezekiel was much further along in his spiritual walk with the Lord. And he was like, yes, God, you know alone that they can live. Me? No. I would have been going, well, first of all, I'm in my analytical brain. I'm in the valley of bones. Why do you have me here? <laughs> and what are you going to make me do? That's what I would really be thinking. What are you going to make me do? What are you going to make me do? And I'm sure, even in, an, in the vision he was having, this was a stretch. Do y'all know that Ezekiel had to do some pretty crazy prophetic things? You lay on your side for almost a year and not move. Then flip over to the other side for another three months. Or have to make structures out of clay and have to go and not mourn the death of your spouse. To, to be assigned to Israel. You do some crazy stretching things. And so I imagine at this point, because we're getting close to the end of the book here, that he is probably like, here we go again. <laughs> here we go. He's going to, he's making me do one more crazy thing. One more. But he says, you know, right? And so God tells him exactly what to say. Every phase of that prophetic vision. Say to these bones... Muscles, tendons, come up on these bones. And so I say, muscles, tendons, come up on these bones. Say to those bodies, prophesy to the wind and say, breathe. Wind, breathe on these bones. And if you read that entire passage, God says, Ezekiel hears, Ezekiel regurgitates exactly what God says. Right? So even, and this is what I find encouraging even in the stretching. said even in the stretching, if we listen to the voice of God, He will tell us what to say in the stretching. Right? He's not going to put us out there to stretch us and go, you're on your own. Good luck. You know, have fun with that. Here's this thing. I need you to do it. He always has a plan. And He always has it prepared for us. We just have to be brave enough to step out. Right? And sometimes it's a little scary. I'm, I'm, I love to be um, transparent because, I, again, I grew up in a culture where there wasn't a lot of transparency. So you never knew when someone was having a bad day, except unless they wanted to blame it on the devil. And you didn't know. <laughs> the devil's been on me this week. And uh, <laughs> y'all just don't know. Pray for me. Praise God. Uh, anyways. Or, you know, you just heard people talk amongst themselves. But, like, 
people who you looked up to, you never heard them say, man, I've just been going through a tough time. I need, you know, I need somebody to come alongside me and, and help me out. So I like being transparent. I like being real. Because I, I want to know that there's somebody else out there that's been where I'm at. And I want to show somebody else, hey, I've been there, right? And so prophetic for me was a huge stretch when I came to this culture. <laughs> because I had never done it. I had, now I have encouraged people. I've been like, go, you can do it. God loves you. But not listening for what God had to say and then speaking it. And so this weekend, we prophesied to over a hundred people. I have, yeah, right? And for even me being a girl in my 20,000 words a day, I used them all up by lunch yesterday. I mean, it was like, I have no more words. <laughs> I think I've talked every word I possibly could find in the English language. But yeah, <laughs> hey, hey, you guys be nice now. Anyways, but yeah, so I just found it very stretching. Can, is that okay to be real like that this morning? I mean, I know we're coming in as a, a team, but hey, I haven't, I haven't been doing this my whole life. I've been doing it for four years, probably two years strong. First two years, I was kind of like, <laughs> let me just test it out a little bit. But it was a stretch to sit in the room and one after another after another, people came in and were like, yeah. You know, and, and, and I was like, wow, this is, this is stretching. This is very stretching to have to every five minutes ask God what he wants to say to the next person and do that for two and a half hours. But you know what was so cool about it? He showed up every time. Yeah. And he spoke every time. I didn't have to worry that he was tired and took a lunch break. You know, or he went to take a nap or he used up all his words. <laughs> he always had words. And so that was good, right? And so I walk away from this weekend ministering here, but in reality, God has been stretching me. And so now I can go back home and it shouldn't be such a problem. Just don't tell Chris. No, shouldn't be such a problem when I'm prophesying to one or two people. To actually press in a little longer than I would normally. Because I found out that God could speak through me for about two and a half hours straight with maybe a little 30 second minute break in between. You know? So it's possible. So how does, how does stretching look? And there are a few practical ways that I feel like we can stretch ourselves. Um, I don't know if you guys do this here and you probably do. But we do things like go on treasure hunts. Do you guys do that here? Yep. So you walk out and just pray and ask God to show you random people to talk to. Um, giving words of knowledge. Asking the Lord if there's someone that needs prayer or needs a touch and asking for specific things. Maybe you don't typically do that. That would be a stretching thing for you. The one thing that stands out in my mind, and Sarah can... Um, vouch for this but the very first time I ever went out with the ladies at church well some of the ladies it was Sarah and Amy Borsma and Stephanie and me and Kira uh, Seth's sister Kira we all went in Laurel Patel we all went downtown and Stephanie you know Stephanie everybody knows Stephanie Jones she said let's prophesy over the waiter and I'm like uh, I'll record it <laughs> You need somebody to write that down, right? I'm your girl. 
I will write that thing down. Y'all go right ahead and get that word. And I just remember sitting there going, we're not in church. We're not in the church building. We're not praying. We're not singing. And we're sitting here enjoying a nice piece of cake and a cup of coffee. A really nice cup of coffee. And uh, I just that's, that was stretching for me. It was stretching watching it. Because I wasn't ready to participate just yet. I really did just record that thing. Um, anyways, sometimes you're going to sense things about people when you're in a store. Yeah. Have you ever, you know, I've heard of people saying they've been in like the, in Coles or something and they've been walked by somebody and feel a pain and you can ignore it or you could stop for a minute and be like, Lord, are you telling me that that person has a pain and you want me to pray for them? That's stretching. What if they say no? What if they look at you like you have just lost your marbles, right? But that's stretching, right? That's stretching. And then the other thing that I want to leave with you is just a few things to keep in mind when we are being stretched. And these are things that I look at because I I am a pretty... I think the Lord is helping me soften this up a little bit. Hopefully no comments from the peanut gallery. Um, but I'm a pretty analytical thinker. So I like to know if I do A and B, then C is going to happen. Okay? That's, that's just how I roll. And uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. And uh, I also like to work within a structure. Structures are good to me. They tell me where I can move and not move, how far I can go and not go. So, you know, that's that's good for me. But that doesn't happen in the prophetic necessarily 100% of the time. There are parameters, yes. But they're not rigid parameters. So here are things to keep in mind. Fight fear. Because your initial reaction is going to be, oh, oh, I can't do that. That's crazy. You're going you're gonna to have to fight fear. The second thing is, be teachable. Look at someone else who maybe has been doing this a little bit longer than you that you think, man, every time they open their mouth, it just seems to flow out. I mean, they don't seem to have any problem. I'm sitting over here going, come on, give me something, give me something, give me something. You know, look at those people. Be tender. Be tender and weigh your words. The Lord may be telling you something that feels kind of heavy, but there's a way to say it that is so full of love and grace that the person you're talking to will never even know that you really felt the heaviness of that word. And it will, it will touch them, right? So you don't always have to go in through the front door. Sometimes you have to go in through the side door. But either way, it's covered in love and grace. And they can feel the Father's heart, even though you felt rather heavy because you saw the negative side of what was going on in that word. So sometimes you might see the negative, but there's a positive way to say what you're feeling. So weigh your words. Work on your timing. You might have something that you need to share with somebody, but today may not be the day for it. So just because you're prophesying and something goes through your mind... It may not necessarily mean that you say it right then. 
It might be something that you hold on to to pray for that person because they're not ready to just yet just receive what that particular thing is. And that's okay. There is wisdom to be had and to be used in prophesying. Because we just don't vomit up every word that we think we hear the Father say. We actually weigh them. And we ask him, are you giving me this for information? Are you giving me this to return to someone else? Love. Everybody wants to be loved. Everybody needs love. And if nothing else, you love that person that you're speaking into. You love them. You ask God to show you how to love them like he loves them. It could be a person that absolutely wears you out. Gets on your last nerve. That you, every time you're around them, you just start twitching. You know? It happens. Come on. We all have had those kind of people in our lives. And those are times that we really have to take moments to go, How do you see this person, Father? And how can I love this person like you love this person? And then I think the last thing that I would just say is to remember... That you're speaking life, not death. That we are here to speak life into a person. Sometimes that means calling out of them what he sees in them, but they may not be operating in just yet. That's prophesying. When Ezekiel said, these bones can live, well, let's see. Wind. Prophesy to the wind and tell it to come breathe on these bones. Right? He had to call life into those dry bones. They were bodies at that point, but there was no life. And our responsibility in repeating what we hear from the Father is to speak life. That's our, that's our job. We speak life. And so sometimes that looks like you may see a person and you know they are just completely shut down. You know that... I I remember a story I heard once about a person giving a prophetic word and they knew in their mind that this person was doing some terrible things. The Lord revealed it while they were standing there praying for them. And so they said the complete opposite to them. So let's just say this person was uh, verbally abusive. They would say, I see you as a person who speaks with respect and honor. God sees you as a person who knows how to respect someone, who knows how to speak life and speak truth and speak love. Right? Because they knew the opposite was actually happening. So that's, if I could say anything today, I would say, speak life. Speak life. Press in with everything you have and speak life. Because God is all about raising up dead people. He's all about raising up dead people to life. He raised me up. He raised you up. He's still raising people up. He really likes doing that sort of thing. Yeah? Amen. Thank you, guys. Thanks for sharing. That was really good. Uh, Can we just give the whole team a hand and thank them for coming up here? Yeah, thank you guys so much. Yeah.
this weekend's been great. I don't know if you guys made some of the other sessions, but it's been really, really good. And we just thank you guys for coming and doing it. It's been, it's been a blessing to me and our family. So um, now is the time where I have some announcements to share with you. The first is the connection card, which is in the seat pocket in front of you. This is the best way to connect with us here at church. You can get a hold of our prayer team, and they will pray for your needs. You can share answers to prayer with them. You can get in touch with our care team that will help take care